0: Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button, and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, where we bring you experts from all walks of life to share their stories of the powerful rewards of partnership. I'm super excited today to bring you our featured guest, Courtney Walsh. Courtney, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Ken. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: For anyone who doesn't know Courtney, she has been called a social media rock star. She's an author of metaphysical humor, an internationally renowned speaker, and the writer of the Dear Human Viral Media Meme that has now been shared with over 20 million people, including on Deepak Chopra and Elizabeth Gilbert's pages, as well as being retweeted by Khloe Kardashian and the radio personality Delilah. Courtney, do us a favor, take a minute and fill in any blanks from the intro, and then give us a little glimpse into your personal life, if you would.
1: Sure. So the newest thing going on for me is that March 15th, Findhorn Press published the book Dear Human based on the viral meme you just talked about, which um, has now probably been shared 40 or 50 million times all over the globe and used in all kinds of different applications at the end of yoga classes, and a one-woman show, and tattoos, funeral vows, wedding vows, um, and 600,000 advent calendars in Germany. So it's just one of those things that I guess has hit the consciousness and has this universal appeal. So I decided to write a book expanding on the concepts, because I was getting all these emails for years now, because this came out originally, and I believe the media materials say 2014 is when it really popped, but it really started in 2012, and getting some waves and traction. So I kept getting questions about unconditional love, and so I decided to expand on that and write a whole book, and that did just come out this month. So there's been a lot of uh, media and, and articles and radio, et cetera, around that. And that's been exciting and fun and quite swirly. <laughs> so that's we have a lot of partnerships pushing that one forward, I'll tell you. <laughs> what a lot of teamwork.
0: That's great. Excellent. Congratulations. Thank so you. I-, I want to ask you, one of the things that I found for myself is is that it's helpful to have what I call a guiding principle, and sometimes it's a quote, sometimes it's a mantra. It's something that kind of keeps you on track in regards to partnerships. And I'm wondering, what do you use for that, and, and how could our listeners apply it in their lives?
1: That's a great question. I I don't know that it's a, a mantra per se, but it is a an understanding um, through a lot of I do a lot of intuitive counseling, and a lot of uh, women and some men come to me when they seem to be dissolving their partnerships. So I'm not the conscious uncoupling person per se, but that seems to be one of the key areas where I'm, you know, just there seem to be a lot of people in transition with their relationships and partnerships, whether it be business or personal or family situations that arise. And I'm learning for myself, it's a partnership of energies and it's a partnership of frequencies and it's about a partnership of our patterns of pain and our desires and how those things all dance and show up together. That's kind of what I've been teasing out personally, professionally, and I guess globally.
0: Nice, I like that, I like that a lot. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, obviously people are constantly transitioning in and out of of partnerships, but I I think you're right. For some reason, it seems to be at the forefront right now because I'm running into more and more of that yeah. as well. So I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, it's it's something that's happened. Maybe it's a higher consciousness that's taking place. I would the, say
1: so. I would say that's it, yeah.
0: You think it's the higher consciousness?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's sort of coming through like a broom and sweeping out debris that of old pain patterns of codependency and overly being, you know, independent. Like, I can do it myself or... I need someone to do it with me and for me into an interdependence model.
0: Cool. Well, let me ask you something, because it's cool. one of the things that, sure. that our listeners really love about the show is the stories that our guests share, and I'd love to dive into one right now, and if you would, take us to a time in your life when, well, you, you kind of tripped up in a partnership, and, and you know tell us what was going on, and how'd you trip up, or what'd you trip on, and, and then... What happened that, you know, you were able to learn from that and actually move forward?
1: Yeah, okay. So I, I have so many of these stories that it's it's almost embarrassing, but I can try to zone in on an example. Um, when I was younger and dating and and falling in and out of love, um, <clears throat> I would run away. That's That's been my key kind of MO. I would now, I'm 44, I would almost say for 44 years, and it's only something I've recently started to explore okay, what triggers that? What is my benefit and gain? What is something that needs to change around that? And looking at it, I guess it's, I don't know if it's a trip up or if it's a safety mechanism, if you will. And it's when I feel emotionally unsafe. And so, you know, I know that earlier I would would sort of bottle my feelings up as a younger person. And I think we all do this regardless of our age or gender. And then kind of just be done and turn around and walk away and just not really necessarily explain myself. Or maybe I'm getting better with that and getting clearer with my communication, but I would just bolt because I wasn't asking for what I wanted or needed because I didn't think I could have it. And I didn't think that, I guess, there was a worthiness piece of believing that you could have it and that you deserved it, and that it was okay to ask for it, and equally okay for the other person to say no. So a, a personal example of that, I guess, would be, Um, yeah, I'm trying to think because I have, it's been a long time since I've actually been in a relationship or partnership. There've been more like business related partnerships for me in the last five or 10 years. Uh, but I, and i learned a lot from observing my parents' partnership or other people's partnerships because they were together for 43 years. So that was kind of like up close front row seating for that dance as well. But where I tripped up, I think, was not being true to myself and not, you know, being clearer when things bothered me earlier on rather than letting that accumulation bottle up, blow up, run away factor happen. And I can't even really point to one because it's such a pattern that it would happen over and over and over. So, you know, that's something I guess I've been ashamed about, but also excited to learn and stumble upon because once you know a pattern, you can begin to shift it and heal it and move out of it.
0: Yeah, you make a really good point there because I, I I think it's so important to recognize that, you know, when we do identify a pattern, we do identify something that's not working for us. That's actually a great moment because now you know you have a choice.
1: Yeah, it's it's not. It's like bittersweet, right? Because you're like, oh, it's really screwed that up and you're beating yourself up on the one hand. And then you're like, but I don't have to do that anymore if it was an unconscious pattern playing out through me. And I've brought it into light. It really, maybe that in, in itself can dissolve it, can change it and shift it and bring it into a new level of consciousness.
0: Exactly. Well, tell you what, Courtney, let, let's let's switch gears a little bit here. What I'd like to ask you to do is share with us a story of a time when you had, it's what I call a duh moment, you know, one of those times where you're like, <laughs> uh, how did I miss this? How have I how have I been such a knucklehead for so long? And, and again, tell us what happened. And then what are the steps you took to turn that kind of wake up moment into a building block for future partnerships?
1: So again, it was sort of like about not speaking my mind earlier on in, in situations. So I've learned how to do that more clearly for myself. And even though it's incredibly awkward sometimes and feels unnatural, ultimately it does feel very healing. Um, I just did that recently with a male friendship that just felt a little charged and tense because a few years ago, we were hanging out a lot and he's a lot younger. So we're in different life phases. And, um, you know, I finally had to say to him, listen, (laughs) this is more than a friendship for me. There's a crush here. And, you know, it sort of feels unrequited and difficult and we get really close. And then um, there's a disappearing act on one or both of our sides and it feels very painful. So I pulled out of that and I said, I I need time to process my emotions around feeling attracted to someone who isn't feeling the same or showing the same. And, or maybe there were mixed signals on both sides probably is more accurate. And, um, he got really pissed, (laughs) really pissed. And understandably so, because I didn't give him heads up or warning that I was feeling that way. And then all of a sudden kind of blurted and dumped and vomited it and then disappeared. So, And I've had friends, female friends, who say that guys do that and, and that how much it hurts and stings. So I had to deal with some guilt and feeling shame, of shame around, around the fact that I was attracted to him and embarrassed that he wasn't stepping up to the plate or making a move or wanting to take it further and that I felt like I was wasting my time and energy um, on someone who maybe never would. So then, you know, he kind of cycled back around, or we both cycled back into each other's life briefly recently for about a month or two, and the same pattern started to come up. And this time, instead of letting it become a two-year drag-out kind of thing, after about a month, I said, you know what, yep, this is still weird for me, it's still hard, and I do think that, you know, I have to wish you well. And this time I consciously left it and explained my feelings and explained where I was coming from and understood that he was probably going to get angry again or feel hurt or abandoned or rejected or, or dropped because, you know, I wasn't getting my way or like, that's what I think he felt the first time that I was having a tantrum. And this time I just very consciously said that it wasn't about him or his behaviors or his inability to meet me halfway, but that it was about me and not wanting to put myself through that pain anymore. So I was a partner with myself. And that was the big aha and epiphany moment was having my own back. And being clear about it, even though it was really uncomfortable
0: that's a great story. I, I love how you explained that you know here was the first experience of it, and then when it showed up again, a totally different way, you addressed it yeah. very consciously and I think the way you summed yeah. it up is is so precisely accurate of you had your own back and Yeah, it can be uncomfortable. Yeah, but partnerships aren't always, you know, fairy dust and roses. It, 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 a lot of times they're uncomfortable. It's, it's those difficult times that make a partnership strong. Where you go, we face this, or I faced it within myself, and that's still partnership. I was uh, interviewing Brian Reeves the other day, and and he said he was talking about how he had a partnership, a business partnership, and his basically it was his sole income at the time, and the guy who was running the company decided to just close the company. And even though it, to him it yep. was like, this is a huge impact on my life and, and I don't think this is the best idea, but he still supported him in whatever his next step was. So in that case, the partnership was about dissolving and being in partnership yep. as we And doing separate. it with,
1: with yeah, kindness and integrity, if you can, and saying, Hey, I own my part in this, but I just don't want to continue Moving forward, that's what I feel like a lot of the clients who come to me are in these things that they're dragging out rather than ripping the band-aid because of whatever reason. There's lots of excuses and reasons. And some are legit, like the kids and the money in the house, and some of them are, you know, like like I said, excuses of fear of not wanting to hurt or be hurt. So you're right, that discomfort, how you walk with it, how you show up with it, how you own it or how you project it is what kind of determines the quality of your levels of intimacy and partnership and connection across the board, I would say.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Well, let's do this, because I want to, again, shift direction a little bit here, Courtney. And I'd like you to share with us a story of one of your proudest partnership moments. And this could be romantic, family, career, whatever works for you. But one of the things that I've noticed that might help you identify it is when I think of a moment where, wow, I'm really proud of that, It's one of those things where I can't help but smile when I think about it.
1: Yeah. I would say it's me and my mom. She's now the mom I always uh, wished to have as a child and as a teen and as a young woman. um, It took us a good 40 years to get to a place where we could let each other go from, again, that codependency or co-controlling kind of judgmental, critical, And I would say that was mutual across the board because we're both very strong, fiery personalities. But we came to, I I don't know, part of it was a catalyst of my dad getting sick and dying of lung cancer. And that kind of broke us both down in a way, but it also softened us and opened us. And so we took, I would say, a conscious break. We had a big, huge fallout uh, about the time I turned 40. And we took, you know I don't know, maybe even a year or two off from communicating other than just maybe the occasional email or you know a card or something just to touch base and keep you know that line of communication open and i feel we both went off and did inner work around the connection because it had been so charged and tense and awful and just icky for like so long you know almost my whole life and i just gave up i surrendered and and it wasn't a defeat kind of a give up it was she's who she is i'm who i am we are oil and water. I can't get needs met through this person and she can't get me to be who she wants me to be. So why don't we drop that? And my proudest moment was when we had our reunion lunch where we decided, you know, the emails picked up in frequency and uh, the support was there and the encouragement rather than the old tones of criticism and fight picking and nitpicking. And it just changed, just shifted something, something really shifted Um, As she became a widow and I started stepping up into my role of author and we're both more comfortable with who we are on the planet and in our own skin now that we're not, you know, enemies attacking each other. We're allies on the same side. So my proudest moment was that reunion luncheon we had where the conversation just flowed. It was, we weren't on edge. We had some laughs and we realized that we'd somehow like (laughs) been war buddies who'd come through like a 40 year battle, if you will. And it has not been the same ever since. It's been miraculous. The Like I say, the relationship I always hoped for I never thought I could have. And I feel that she would say the same, that something in us just let go in a good way, in a healthy way. And we're now each other's, you know, cheerleaders and supporters and pals. And sometimes she still plays the mom card on me and says, I hope you're getting enough rest. <laughs> but then she'll say, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be controlling. <laughs> so it's cute instead of, you know, you have dark circles under your eyes or what's wrong with you? Why aren't you sleeping? Or, you know, something. It's changed. It's just changed dramatically. So I'm proud of both of us for the willingness to take that breather, to go off in our corners, lick our wounds and and heal within the ideas or concepts or shoulds that we had about what the relationship was or wasn't or could or couldn't be. And it just became this close, comfortable, mutually loving thing that I guess I never really thought was possible, and here it is. And so I'm very proud of that for both of us.
0: That is super cool. And I, I think it's <laughs> something that so many people are really desiring, Is and especially with our parents, yeah. right, is what's that connection? Yeah. And you always knew there was, you know, there's this amazing love and stuff, but we have so much garbage in the middle, we can't really get to it. We can't appreciate each other for who we are, yeah. and we have these ideas of our roles or our expectations of my mom should be like this, and I should be like that. And it, when we can let go of those, like you said, and sometimes it takes a separation to have the space to sort out the closet, so to speak. <laughs> it's it, it's amazing yeah. what you can come back to, and I think that's such a great example. Yeah,
1: what I also tell, yeah. Thank you. What I also tell myself and a lot of people is, as soon as you let go of needing them to be, even one iota different for your comfort level, they suddenly will show up dramatically differently. Because i I have that experience now.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's our our beliefs are what's holding it there.
1: Totally. And when we let go of that, and then our it's energy. Like, oh, so it, the vibes and the frequencies.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's really amazing. Well, Courtney, I know we've been talking a lot about, you know, kind of past experiences and partnership, and I want to bring the conversation into the present. And what I'd love to know is, you know, what's a partnership that's really exciting in your life right now?
1: I, again, I'm going to go a little esoteric on this and say it's between me and my writing, because it never, <laughs> this is as good as I'm cynical and it's not the way I mean it, but it never lets me down. It never abandons or rejects me, and it never hurts me. And it still does challenge me, push me, help me to grow, And it's just an incredible um, intimacy that I have when I sit at the screen and I channel my own soul, I guess, if you will. And I connect with that energy, bring it on through, give it to the world, and that feels like gold. And to me, I'm kind of unwilling to settle for any kind of other partnership that doesn't rival or enhance that level of closeness. Nice.
0: Nice. And you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that in your writing, because in a, a, a kind of roundabout way, I actually have a current partnership with your writing, and that's because of the post that you put up shortly after we connected about being on the show, and you called it masculine yeah. emotional homework. And
1: <laughs> I remember, <Another>
0: <laughs> I read that, and it instantly made yeah. me recall that in in the close to 20 years now that I've been doing courses around relationships and partnerships and men and women and so on, virtually every single time I've ever presented, some women if not many women in the group go, how come there aren't more guys here? How come more guys don't do this work? Yeah. And I realized it's probably the most common question I get. So the partnership I created with that was I actually developed a webinar around it that's going to start on Thursday. <laughs> Because so many women are like, I don't understand. Oh,
1: great, I love that.
0: Why can't the guys get here? And the thing is, it's, I mean, you described it so well in your in your post because you said, you know, I'm not saying there aren't some conscious men. And almost every event I've ever had, there'll be a guy or two sitting there, and they're like, well, yeah, he's a conscious guy, but most of the guys aren't here, and my boyfriend's not here, and my husband's not here, and why is that? And so I decided. Well, I always end up answering that question there. Why don't I make a webinar? So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's it starts Thursday, and we're going to talk about you know. What do you need to do to get men to want to change? And what are the barriers that, that get created to, from keeping, basically keeping men from wanting to work on themselves? And how do you ship yeah. those? So, yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you because it's kind of funny. It's actually a partnership that got created between your writing and me. And I'm guessing as a writer, you don't <laughs> always get that feedback of what the impact is.
1: I, I do and I don't. Like I've had a lot of people say, you wrote this and it made that outcome happen. So I love that. that it is a living entity. It is. It's a breathing evolving um, thing, if you will. So I love that you're a problem solver and took that and created a product out of it. I think that's fantastic. I love that. Being a catalyst for that is so fun for me. Well, thank I you. I think really my answer for that, and I'm curious to hear yours, is, is that women have to stop doing all the heavy lifting and let the men step up because they will. They're perfectly capable and they will.
0: Yeah, the biggest thing about it that I've seen in 20 years is recognizing that it's not going to look like what you do as women.
1: Yes, I agree with that, and I get that. So we're we're not not driven by the same motivators. We don't
0: approach it in the same way. And if you're looking for that response, it's not going to happen. And so you'll think they're doing nothing because they're not doing it the way you're doing it. So, yeah, it'll be a fun workshop because we're going to talk Um, about, you know, what are those things you can do to actually create the environment that supports men in doing that work on themselves as opposed to telling them to do it your way which isn't the way they do it so they don't do it at all
1: see i I would challenge that just for a minute and say doesn't that then put the onus back on the woman what's that To, to create an environment where he feels comfortable or safe or willing or wanting to change or work on himself or the relationship doesn't that then make it her job
0: no not at all it it's it's enlightening what are the things that you're doing that are inhibiting him from doing those things
1: I'm challenging this because this is what I hear over and over and over again, that there's some underlying belief that women are shutting men down and, and pushing them away unconsciously.
0: But see, it's not shutting them down. Just Here's the analogy that I always use. So imagine that the man is like, okay. he's a seed in the ground, right? Yeah. So he's a seed in the ground, and the seed doesn't do anything unless it has the right environment, right? It's got to have the right temperature and the right moisture and all those kind of things, and then it'll start to grow, that outside environment is what allows the inside environment of that seed to start germinating. It has to have the space around yeah, it. Yeah, and
1: I'm just maintaining, I'm maintaining rows of seeds.
0: Oh, absolutely. There's a different motivator, though, and I can't get into today, but there's a different motivator, and actually, if you hop on the webinar, you'll learn all about it, of what drives okay, women curious, to do those changes I, and it, what drives as men. As long as it
1: doesn't make women feel inadequate like they're doing something wrong or they have to do more Then I'm all for it because I feel like women over function in this area of carrying the emotional heavy lifting and letting the men um, slide with excuses like boys will be boys boys are, you know, men are afraid of emotion men can't communicate from the heart I feel like that's that, those are the fallacies we need to blow up as a, as a collective
0: No, absolutely and it's, it's because we're trying to look at each other and going it's got to look like me and so we're trying to yeah, bring them true. to the point of doing it that's like true. we do and it's like but it doesn't do that guys do it differently and there's no yeah. way for you to know what that's going to look yeah. like because you're not a guy so
1: <laughs> it's understanding <laughs> really. that oh
0: it may not look at all like what i'm doing but that's how he processes this or that's how he gets to that point and that's what we're going to talk about so yeah i hope yeah. you're able to join us
1: I will, because I know there are a lot of women, myself included, who feel frustrated yes. by the tone that the conversation takes, where it's about the woman having to fix or change something within herself or in the environment to not scare the man emotionally. Mm-hmm. And that drives me bananas. And I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree. There's a lot of that being presented. There's tons of that being presented. And it's yes. this little bit that they're yes. missing yes. that causes it to be a burden, right? Yeah. Now it's
1: like, oh, like, so I have to do the, the work for them? Like All the things you're doing wrong that are shutting him down or pushing him away or be a man magnet or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. So then it's like the woman's fault that the emotional life of the relationship is dying or has, has gone cold.
0: Yeah. I and like that. I think the distinction. <laughs> yeah. And I think the distinction yeah. is you're right. It's perceived as it's somebody's fault when the yeah. reality is it's cause and effect.
1: Right. Okay. I hear that. That I agree with. It's 100%. just
0: when this happens, that. that's the result. It's yeah. nobody's fault. It's just the way it yep. works. Yep. Yep. Then we take yep. that yep. pressure yep. off yep. that I did something wrong. I'm to blame. And it changes how we can be in partnership.
1: I got you. I, I'm with you. That's that's often the tone of the counseling I give the women who are coming to me angry, frustrated, feeling yes. like I do X, Y, and Z. I ask them to do one thing any bitches about her, he doesn't do it. Or he drags his feet, or he goes off and does something else. And it's a passive-aggressive war that a lot of these couples are in. <laughs> you know what I mean? And vice versa. I'm sure there are men out there who I've heard say, "I do X, Y, and Z, and she's never happy, and nothing I do is ever good enough." So these are the sides of the coin that you hear with the frustration, I guess, exactly. kind of mounting with people, is because I think a lot of people are getting the point of, "Well, if it's good, if it's not enhancing my life, and it's making it harder." There's the point of, like, where relationships take work and effort, and then there's the point of, like, there's incompatible frequencies here, you know?
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Courtney. well
1: I'm glad you're making a webinar about it. And yeah. We talked about more. That's fantastic. No, it does,
0: and that's the funny yeah. thing is, you know, I, like I said, I've answered it so many times in, in classes, and then I'm like, I don't think it ever gets outside that. Environment. I've never seen anything done on a bigger scale or you perfect. know more broadly. So I'm like, why don't I just do that? <laughs> That's how it started.
1: Perfect, perfect. I'm, I'm thrilled to, i excited that you're
0: doing that. Awesome. Well, tell you what, we've actually arrived at a section of the show I call it "Bring It All Home" because we step away from the stories and we just provide simple, concrete yep. guidance for our listeners, and it's details and information that they can actually take with them to improve their partnerships right now. where I'd like to start, Courtney, is what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received?
1: Honestly, it's that it's, if it's too much hard work, then there's incompatibility on a core level and that it's okay to walk away from a scenario that isn't feeling good more than it's feeling bad. Um, and I'm often telling people and myself, again, that <clears throat> relationships are often like a class. And you take a class and you learn what you can, you give your best performance to get you know a good grade, and you exchange puzzle pieces, and then you graduate from that class. But we've had this model where, you know we've t- sought, t- bought and sold the idea that it has to be a 50-year class rather than a three-month or a one-hour class. And we all learn differently and grow differently at different paces, and of course, you can learn depth and intimacy in a shorter time frame and have quality of connection. And there are some people who've lived together, slept together, raised children together, paid bills together for 50 years, and are complete strangers on a deeper level. So it's spirit. Spirit needs to be front and center in the relationship. It doesn't have to be religious, but it does have to be a connection to a larger purpose and a larger energy than just you, yourself, or you and the other person, or you and the family unit has to be a larger understanding that there's an interweaving of love and energies that often brings us together, pulls us apart, brings us together, pulls us apart and noticing communication skills are key in that. Like if you're not, if you're holding back and, and not communicating your true feelings or your authentic self, then you're not going to get the results you want in connection.
0: I couldn't agree more. That's great, great advice. So, the other thing I want to ask you is what book or resource would you recommend to our listeners and why that particular resource?
1: Dear human, of course, <laughs> because I talk about sovereignty, I talk about intimacy, I talk about the global shifts that are happening in these areas around the planet, I talk about taking responsibility for your emotions and how to communicate them. It's not a how-to per se, but I tackle all these subjects in depth because people have this one idea or this model of love and that includes love has to have suffering in it to be true love or real or you know have any depth or, or noble purpose. And I kind of am in, on the opposite end of the spectrum of love is, is the most natural, easy, comfortable, blissful, joyful, and juicy thing there is. We complicate it unnecessarily often.
0: Fantastic. And you said the book came out the 14th?
1: It came out the 15th of this month, March. 15th so of March.
0: Pretty much all the main retailers, Barnes & Noble, online, Amazon, all that kind of stuff?
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Outstanding.
1: Yeah. If you Google Dear Human and you look up Finhorn Press or my name, any of the combinations will bring you to uh, the website. But there is a website, wwwdear com, and it has all the fun press and backstory
0: and a book trailer and and uh... ways to order the book as well so
1: www.dearhuman.com
0: dear-human dash dear-human dash yes. okay great excellent Yes. so courtney what i'd like to do is just let's leave our listeners with an example of what i call a payoff of partnership and what i'm looking for here is you know what's what's a specific example of something you were able to do or create or experience that was totally the result of being in partnership
1: I'm going to sound like a broken record, but dear human, because it's been people stepping up to different parts of the journey all along from when it went first went viral and becoming a book and getting a book deal with the publisher has been a partner of mine and the publicist has been a partner of mine and people along the way who helped with things like websites or book proposals or getting the word out or getting the word into the right ears or getting the manuscript in front of the right eyes. It's been a tremendous exercise for me in collaboration because I had self-published my first two books on that independent, let me do it myself model and ended up burnt out, frustrated and barely broke even. And now this book has more of a chance to kind of take off and go into the world because it's been a team effort with lots of beautiful, helpful partners and collaborators.
0: Well, congratulations. That's, that's great. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that sure. about the book and all the collaboration that went into it. And that you'd done you know self published before because that's obviously a big thing, and people are like, "Oh, don't deal with the book, people, they're just a pain, and just you know do it this way and yeah. I had a woman on the show, Wendy Newman, recently, and she has a book out I think it was Simon Simon and Schuster, and she said she you know she was very aware that the dynamic of what they do for the authors is much different than it used to be, so she went in and proposed yeah. here's what I'm willing to do i'm going to do a Kickstarter campaign to finance a book tour, so on and so forth, and what are you guys going to bring to the table? And they were just like, you're going to do all that? Well, if you'll do that, we'll do this. (laughs) Because she just honored the fact that you (laughs) don't have the budget she used to have. It's a different dynamic. You're fighting against Amazon. I get that. But there's a way this can be a partnership.
1: Well, and I brought them the book trailer, and we did collaborations on that. So, you know, I've furnished certain pieces from having been in the background of marketing and media and reading and, and writing myself. So yeah, I want to make their job easy so they can make my job easy so we can all make money and have fun and help the world.
0: Yep. You know, That's partnership. Whatever. Right on. <laughs> all of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Courtney, thank you so much for everything Good you've help. shared. And I know you just gave us the contact for uh, how we see the book information. Is there another way that our listeners can either contact you or learn about what you do specifically?
1: Sure. Yeah, my prime page on on Facebook is uh, facebook.com/backslashloonybus. L O backslash B U S. That's one word. And I have a website called Squeezing the Stars, which is all one word.com. So that's how you find me as uh, booking sessions and you know more one-on-one counseling and coaching and fun stuff like that and all the books that I've you know done previously and what's going on and where I'm going to be next.
0: Great. And anybody listening that's, you know, on a run or driving the car and you can't write that down, we will have the links on the show notes page. So if you go to speakingofpartnership.com, just put in Courtney's name and it'll come up and you'll have the links there so you don't have to worry about jotting them down while you're doing something else. So, Courtney, I really appreciate everything you brought to the show. It's been really insightful. I love your viewpoints and what you've shared with us. and, And I know our listeners have taken a ton away from this. Thank you so very much for being on the show today.
1: Thank you. It was really fun and it flew by. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it really did. It was fun.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Thanks yeah. so much.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday. So make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.